Hi there, listener. It's Matthew. You've come looking for an episode of the Children's Book Podcast, and you've found it. Hooray! But you're probably wondering why the name of the podcast has changed. After eight years of doing the Children's Book Podcast, I began a new career as head of podcasts at A Kid's Company About, where I now oversee a podcast network dedicated to producing original content that talks up to kids, centers the things going on in their world, and engages and challenges how they see the world and themselves. All of the episodes of the Children's Book Podcast are still here, but now, if you're subscribed, you'll get new episodes of Worth Noting, a kid's podcast about current events, hosted by me. Something for you and the young people in your life to enjoy together. Enjoy this episode, and I hope you'll check out Worth Noting and other podcasts from a kid's company about... Hey there, beautiful book nerds. Want to be in a book club with me? I am starting a monthly book club through Patreon. It is new and improved. For $25, you can receive one book per month from a title featured on the podcast. Books are hand-selected in partnership with Brain Lair Bookstore. They ship anywhere in the U.S. and Canada. Shipping is included. And are also accompanied by a special book club mini podcast episode available to all patrons at this tier, breaking down just what makes this book so special and set apart. You love children's books. You love independent bookstores. You love this podcast. Let's combine all of that into one awesome piece of mail each month that can be enjoyed over and over for many months to come. The feature book we picked for May is Hello, Neighbor, The Kind and Caring World of Mr. Rogers by Matthew Cordell. It's outstanding. You will love this book. If you haven't picked it up yet, this is the perfect chance. Visit MatthewCWinner.com and click on Patreon at the top of the page, or use the link in the show notes to access Patreon if you feel like it's a good fit for you and where you're at right now. And if it's not, Sharing the podcast with friends over social media or word of mouth or really any other means goes a long way. Thanks for listening, for sharing, for allowing me into your ears in your laundry folding and dog walking and dishwashing each week. I love every minute of it. No, I won't start. <laughs> What if I kept this on air? Wouldn't that be the greatest? You can start whenever you no, want, I, and then like three minutes later, no, I, I don't think I will. Up, I was just pulling up your yeah. Well, now I'm ready. I was just pulling up your email in case you wanted me to have it handy at, at any time. Emotions are a common language, but like any language, there's still a lot of learning involved. This is the Children's Book Podcast, episode number five ninety seven. I'm your host, Matthew Winner. Today I'm joined by Haley Edelman, author of Way Past Mad and The Quiet Ship. Haley's books reflect big emotions and normalizing these big emotions we feel. Way Past Mad involves the quickly escalating feelings of anger and frustration when one thing after another feels like it's working against us. Those feelings can be hard to get over, but the frustration can also be compounded when we pass those feelings on to others. Emotional intelligence is a strength afforded to some, and what a gift it is when one of those individuals helps us all to understand those big feelings that we're feeling. 
please welcome my guest, Haley Edelman, author of Way Past Mad and The Quiet Ship. Hi, my name is Haley Edelman. My pronouns are she, her, hers. And I'm the children's book author of My Quiet Ship, Way Past Mad, Way Past Worried, and two more Way Past books coming out in 2021. Oh my word, you're blowing my mind, Haley. I only know two of these <laughs> books and there's more coming. Oh my gosh. All right. There's more Wait, Yay. is Way Past Worried? <laughs> well, this is really jumping, jumping the gun here, but is Way Past Worried out yet? Way Past Worried's, um, it's up for pre-sale right now, but it's coming out fall of 2020. Oh boy, things are moving with you. Okay, well, to, <laughs> to set the stage, I... um. You and I, uh, with with your debut, uh, go way back in that it was a book that I read and immediately felt its its purpose and its resonance and its beauty. Um, it felt like you were sharing a story that I hadn't heard shared before, but one that um, spoke of great bravery and of um, of affirming that bravery in children as well. Why don't you do you mind telling people a little bit about? My Quiet Ship, just so they get a sense of what it is. Oh, not at all. My Quiet Ship is about a little boy. And whenever he hears yelling in his home, he feels scared. But it's hard for him to express that he feels scared. So in order to help him through that, he pretends he's the commander of a quiet ship. And it takes him some time. And ultimately, he allows himself to to admit that the yelling in his house is, is making him feel that way. feeling like scared. Yeah. It's, um, it's, it's a story that I think a number of households, um, at each of our schools will experience at any given time and to know, or to have a book that helps process, not why do, do adults argue, but what do I do with how I feel when adults are arguing is was just a different take and something that I felt like, uh, as I said, was something that, that I really needed to hear. I think that as I'm reading, I'm perpetually reflecting on not only the children that I teach, um, and their lives and their families that I've had the privilege of getting to know, but I also think about my childhood as well as the childhood of, of my children that we're raising. And, and this was just a book that felt like, wow, this is important that we sit down and take time with it. So thank you for sharing. Yeah, thank you. And, you know, for me, it was also an opportunity for kids to have a quiet ship. You know, it doesn't necessarily have to be because there was yelling in their homes. You know, kids want to sometimes, whether it's quiet down sounds or have a space that's important for them to reflect or be creative. So even if a child wasn't feeling that fear from, you know, being concerned about the the sounds of their parents yelling, they often might have other reasons why a quiet ship could resonate or feel important to them. That's so wonderful. And then you follow up or you, your next book that came out, I don't know what order you wrote things in. And certainly you, 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 you've maybe written, uh, you know, a great handful of books um, that have yet to be published or that were stories that brought you to here. But what brought us together in this moment 
was way past mad, which I find to be uh, another book about giving space to those feelings. Is that fair to say? Absolutely. Really diving into, yeah, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just (laughs) going to say when we were, um, I think I tagged you on on social media, Instagram probably, um, when I was sharing the book, because so often since we've been um, at Stay at Home, I've been taking the time to reflect on teaching through Instagram, uh, through this is the book that we read this week. And as I've had these wonderful interactions with children, here's what it's caused me to think about. And I don't know that I told you directly, Haley, that after we read Way Past Mad, we were talking about times that we've been really upset. And a number of my students, class after class, kept using the language, well, I was way past mad when this happened. Aww. And then they Yay! said, and they use language. The, the, the language that I was giving them as well was about repairing harm, right? That we, we cause harm to one another sometimes, whether we know it or not. And so um, being able to reflect on or talk through, here's how we repaired harm. I, I took time to myself, or I went back and apologized later, or we talked it through, or whatever, um, I think is, again, a really neat thing as an educator to be able to have books that allow all of us in the room to enter into a space where we can have these discussions together by processing what was happening to a character in a story. Absolutely. And I love to say, you know, sometimes it's harder to admit if we're doing something or feeling a certain way that might not be so glamorous, right? So I call it like, look, look there, learn here. So I love giving kids the opportunity to look somewhere else, to look at this other character, but still maybe feel a little bit of that learning inside. And really what we want to do, I mean, we want kids to be able to identify their feelings, to acknowledge how they're feelings. And ultimately we want them to learn how to manage them. Like, how is it that you can let it let out how you're feeling before it hurts someone else? How can we help kids along the way while they're, brains are maturing while they're trying to learn how to be in this world and how to interact with other people. How can we just help show them examples to reflect on and see what feels good for them and do like what you're doing in the classroom, have these great conversations that dig deeper and help them think through who they are. It's, it's, it's great. So thank you for sharing it with the kids at your school. Oh, my word, of course. And in fact, I'd love, if you don't mind, to share some of the book with the listeners. Do you mind if I read to you a little bit? Oh, that's so fun! Cool. Read aloud. Here we go. (laughs) This is um, the the beginning of Way Past Mad, which, by the way, we need, we will later, but we need to talk about Sandra De La Prada's art in this, because her illustrations, ah, anyway, so good. Okay, here we go. Nate messed up my room. It made me mad. Then he fed Axe my breakfast, so I ate toast. I hate toast. He even ruined my favorite hat. I loved that hat. Mom said, Nate's little, Kia. He didn't mean it. Now I felt really mad. 
I flung open the screen door and called bye, but my family was too busy to hear me. I headed to school, kicking rocks and sticks as I walked, kicking and kicking and kicking. I was way past mad. The kind of mad that starts and swells and spreads like a rash. I stopped to fold down the top of my sock to cover the hole where my skin peeked through. That Nate, he must have cut that hole. And I want to stop there because if I don't, I'm going to read you the entire book and we don't need to do that. But I want to... I want to instead... I stopped us right before we meet Hooper, which is a neighborhood friend. But I did that deliberately because... The pacing of your story, not only do you have this wonderful mirrored text, a lot of the way you you um, beat out your your language there, especially the line, um, the kicking and kicking and kicking, and it's spreading like a rash. We come back to that type of phrasing later. It's mirrored later. Um, but to pace the story in such a way that it shows acceleration of emotions um, by sort of this one micro issue happening into another, into another. I don't want to say a microaggression. It wasn't something that someone was doing to Kia, but rather just sort of her circumstances kept, kept getting mucked up. And it just, it just piled on fast, right? It caused her to lose perspective and it piled on fast. Um, I want to I want to ask you Haley why why talk about being mad why talk about anger in my quiet ship or worries in way past worried why 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 for you are you bringing us stories about talking about our emotions Well one thing that I think is really important is to remember just connection. Like connection is so important, right? In this world, how we connect, how we build rapport. And it's really, emotions are such a common language. Uh, You might not be able to, you know, I've said it before, you might not be able to understand how it feels to win a grand prize, but you could understand how it feels to accomplish something you've worked really hard at. Or you might not know how it feels to have, uh, I don't know, cut up a friend, uh, your sibling's hat in this story, but you certainly could connect to the fact of hurting someone's feelings or knowing that you did something wrong. You know, so I, I love, I think just bringing the idea of emotions front and center because it's universal. It, we can all connect to stories to each other if we hear what someone else is feeling And we bring it back to a moment where we felt similarly. And that can really bring compassion. It can bring empathy. And it can just, I think, bring more kindness to our world and to our learners. Can I walk that back a little bit? What what made you feel, um, feel the drive to tell stories to children? Where did that storytelling interest start to peak? Well, I, when did it start to peak? I think I've always 
written stories. I remember, you know, my quiet ship was kind of based on my childhood when there was yelling in the home and it was scary. And I literally had this corner desk that I'd go underneath and pretended I was the the commander of a quiet ship. So I didn't necessarily call it a quiet ship or put those words to it. But, you know, then I had taught elementary school uh, before I wrote for children. And when I was teaching in classrooms and then even beyond my own classrooms, just going into schools to volunteer, teach about writing, you know, kids, kids would talk about yelling in their homes. Kids would talk about feeling scared in different situations or, you know, coming back in from a recess and, you know, either being hurt on the playground or hurting someone else's feelings on the playground. So it's really just for me, it peaked when I was not only teaching, I would always write in front of my students, but then even after, you know, when I was teaching, I then taught university, I would still use picture books in that setting, I would still write. And finally, um, I had a friend who had a very close friend who gave me a journal, I guess I didn't even realize that I was talking about picture books, thinking about picture books, reading picture books so much. But she said, don't you think it's time that you start writing down some of your story ideas? And it was a beautiful gift she gave me. I filled the book and started learning about the business of writing and started learning about craft. It's a lot different just kind of writing a story than writing a story really with the intention of making it as wonderful as you can for kids. And um, the rest is history. That's that's neat that the storytelling has been in there all along and that there, there are these wonderful elements of seeing your children, your students, and and of recognizing that picture books can be an effective vessel of of communicating those stories and those messages to children no matter what age they are. Those messages were going to you just as much as they were going to your students or your your um, university students. We are all here at home, but we can turn to books for company. Visit MatthewCWinner.com and click on Shop in order to support independent bookstores while supporting your favorite bookmakers and kidlit podcasters. Same books, same great prices, but this time your dollars make a difference for someone or some indie bookstore trying to make a difference. Go to MatthewCWinner.com and click on Shop to choose your next great read. Yeah, absolutely. And I was really lucky when, um, you know, my quiet ship resonated with um, Wendy McClure over at Albert Whitman. Wendy is such a thoughtful editor, you know, really to have the opportunity to work with her and allow her to ask sometimes the just right questions. You know, a lot of people talk to me about the part of Way Past Mad when they say, uh, when when it says that the mad starts and swells and spreads like a rash. Yeah. That, re- that really, it wasn't even in the first manuscript. Um, Wendy asked me the question, when I said she was Way Past Mad, Wendy wrote the question back to me, well, what is Way Past Mad? And she really pushed me to dig deeper to explain what that is. And I'm so glad that she did. So, 
you know, just being able to work with the, the great team at Albert Whitman and being able to work, you know, you mentioned Sandra de la Prada's work, Sonia Sanchez also for my quiet chip, just being able to work with brilliant illustrators that, you know, just really br brought these characters to life in, in my quiet ship in such a sweet way and in way past mad in such a in your face bold way. Um, really just what the books needed. So just crediting the, the power of a team to, to, to just bring the books to life in, in a really wonderful way. There is so much there in just in what you just said. I would like to share that one of my favorite phrases or moments in the book of way past mad is a phrase that that helps to explain in sort of abstract terms but ones that feel universal that explains what the mad feels like and that's um that kia is running from hooper she just doesn't want to talk to this kid she's caught up in her anger she doesn't want to doesn't want to talk about it and she trips on the sidewalk and she is like holding her bruised knee and hooper's asking if she's okay but then she realizes he's not asking, he's not asking like, do I look okay from the the injury, but rather like the big okay, are you okay? And the line reads, um, Hooper wasn't looking at my knee, he was looking at that hole in my sock, the hole that felt everywhere. Which is so great because it means he wasn't even just looking at the hole in your sock, he was looking at the feeling of that being everything of that hole in the sock being symbolic of all of the emotions. It was, it's so good. I love that. Love that phrase. Um, oh, thank so you. you. <laughs> I also, <laughs> as I'm you. walking it backwards, I, I love you're right. You're illustrate. You've been blessed with illustrators, such gorgeous work for both books and Sandra's art in way past mad. And I have to assume that this is, this is her palette for the, the, the other books to come. Um, she's got a great, um, I want to say like path, pastel, but like vibrant color blocking. She has a really beautiful way of, of, it almost looks like print work. Uh, and I like the, the textures that we get in her art. And I like that she is not afraid to show faces close up. She really plays a lot with that camera perspective in the storytelling. And I think that that it, it matches the pace of your text really well. But where I was going to go with with your text as a whole is that you brought up Albert Whitman. And I, I, I've got to say that it's because of your books that I've come to know and understand what I think is their voice at Albert Whitman. I didn't realize before uh, until, again, reading your stories and really spending time with your stories and then uh, reading other books that they have um, to know that their focus is so much on this social emotional learning and is on the individual and really, really slowing down to give children moments that they can connect to. Uh, it, it's something special that they're doing. And I think that it's, it's really cool that you've got these books with them. Oh, I'm really grateful. I mean, and I really love, you know, beyond the social emotional learning, I know they also really, there's a, there's a lot of joy for so many of their titles. I mean, I think about I Am Famous and I yeah. can't help but laugh, <laughs> right? I just love that book so much. 
and the princess in the petri dish and um you know the sea cow book is so good too i mean they have so many titles that are just great for learning but there's a sweetness that i find that under underlies a lot of their titles and like you said make kids feel like they have something they can relate to I think it's really beautiful. So I'm I'm honored to be able to be a small part of their team. They feel like a small house in that way that in the way that I could name a couple others like like Lee and Lowe or like Imagination Press. You can sort of tell that they work on a team works on all the books at at those houses because they all feel like they're part of the same family. And that's, that's really, it's just really sweet. That's a great word for it. It's really sweet. Yeah, it is really nice. And it's nice that, you know, I've been able to, at this point, connect with different members of the team and people are always, you know, reaching out to, to cheer each other on. It's, I've had a really great experience there and now doing this great big feelings series. That's what the way past, past um, books are called. The great Great big big feelings. feelings. Yeah, it's the Great Big Feeling series. So having the opportunity to work on that with them and just see how they're all unfolding is just so, so fun. Well, I want to jump back into Way Past Mad because I think Yay. that there are there are things for us to talk about that are ideas that you've processed, that you are giving to children and to readers of all ages that are some real beautiful moments of wisdom. Um, and, and, and one of those moments is when Kia realizes that her snapping at Hooper when he was just trying to check on her had this adverse effect of passing on the feeling. She even calls out in what I think is one of the sweetest, uh, also most devastating moments in maybe (laughs) any picture book I've read to my students so far, because even now I'm like really having a hard time holding back tears is when um, the the text reads, I watched Hooper head towards school, kicking rocks and sticks as he walked, kicking and kicking and kicking like he was way past mad. There's that language coming back again, but it continues. He was too far away when I whispered, I didn't mean to give you my mad Hooper. And oh my gosh, it's, it's a devastatingly <laughs> beautiful moment. I, um, the, the way that you have processed emotion and what we do with that to share it with our, our, our readers is, is really, it's really powerful. Haley, I wonder what the different, um, manuscript what different versions of the manuscript looked like in order to get to here was this a book that sort of came out the way we see it now or maybe as you hinted with the editor there was a little bit more digging that had to be done to get to where it is yeah I think both I mean it feels very I mean it doesn't feel like a completely different manuscript from the beginning But I think, like I said before, what Wendy did in such a great way is she asked questions at the just right moments. Um, You know, like I had mentioned before with the starting and swelling and spreading like a rash, you know, and and really allowed me to make this feel slow in a sense, 
even though the pacing wasn't slow, you know, just making sure that it could almost feel like in certain moments that we have the slow motion cam on, yes, like, yes. and that moment that you just read, like, oh my gosh, you know, I knew I hurt his feelings. And then this, just this to bring in the sinking, sinking feeling along with it. So I think she was, you know, she's always just a wonderful thought partner and, um, and pusher. But it, I think in every manuscript, I never, mm, I would say 90% of the manuscripts don't feel super different by the end um, as far as what they're communicating, but they feel more full. They feel richer. They feel more, more rounded They're The characters just feel, feel better. I mean, it just, it, I just think, you know, I can't credit, I really can't credit Wendy enough for just being very in tuned to specific places and bringing them to life. Haley, have you been way past mad before? Hasn't everybody been way past mad? Have you wit- have you witnessed giving it to somebody else? Oh, I must have given it to somebody else. Probably my husband. Sorry, <laughs> David. <laughs> That's hard. So when yeah. you're when you're in that emotion, can you talk about what it feels like to reach the point where if I read again another moment from your manu- from your book, and I didn't want to be way past mad anymore. I wanted to be with Hooper. Can you talk about for you writing from that place of having big emotions and then realizing I- I'm ready to move on from this emotion? Yeah, I guess once I sure. I mean, I think once once emotions swell, and it wasn't for me in this story. It wasn't even by the time she got to that moment, like there were other moments, like, you know, when she starts running and she's pretending she's somewhere else and, you know, she's winning the race and her brother's not messing anything up. And it feels so good. Like in that moment, that was Kia, like trying to let it out. You know, here she is using motion to kind of battle emotion in a way and, and running and trying to let it out. But then just like life, something pops up, like, you know, here's the sidewalk that's crooked that makes her trip, you know? So it's not just sometimes about being resilient to get back up. It's being resilient to get back up time and time again. And sometimes even when you're trying to make things right. So I liked that Kia, you know, was a little, gave herself the chance to try to make things right. And sometimes that happens, you know, right? We, we get into a a disagreement or we feel way past mad. And like, all of a sudden we really want to make it right with someone we love and care about, but maybe it's not working or maybe we're trying to feel better on our own, but then, you know, we do something else that's kind of knuckly. So I think it's really just how can we be super real so that we can be super compassionate to ourselves and each other. That's great. Can you give us a preview of way past worried? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, way and way past worried. There's a little boy named Brock who's used to going to, um, birthday parties with his brother Bax, but Bax can't go to one superhero birthday party with him. So now all of a sudden he's got to go without his sidekick and little by little, you know, he gets more and more worried. His costume doesn't fit. Other things kind of leak in and, you know, the worry 
stops him for a little while of doing something that he really wants to do. So, you know, just the idea of how, again, our feelings can get so big that they're going to either have us take, in this case, take our mat out on someone else. In that case, stop us from being our true self. And then what, you know? So it's, it's always about that question, like, and then what for me? That's wonderful. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm really appreciative, not only that you took time aside to talk to me today, but also that you have taken a lot of time to ask, and then what about our emotions, and that you've, you've written these books to share with our readers. They are really important and beautiful, and, and I, I sure am grateful to have them. I'm grateful to to have you in this community, Matthew. I know we've talked a little bit offline about just the joy you bring to the community, how much heart. I mean, I love hearing your podcast because you're always so heartfelt and you're just bringing so much love to books and authors and most importantly, kids that I'm really grateful that you took your time to chat with me about the book. So thank you. Mm. Well, we, I can feel we can go back and forth and back and forth saying things to each other like this because what I can just feel it on my heart. But I think, uh, as always, I'm reminded that the best place to leave this conversation is is with those kids. So why don't I ask you that, Haley, I will see a library full of children tomorrow morning. Is there a message that I can bring to them from you? Yes, you can tell them, number one they're amazing. I mean, kids are amazing. Every single kid is amazing. Um, And they should harness their imagination and their power to be what they feel is right for themselves. They should let out their feelings, find gratitude, and just do unto others as you would have them do unto you. I can't help but end on the golden rule. Sorry. (laughs) Sorry. The Children's Book Podcast is recorded and produced by me, Matthew Winner, in my library studio in Ellicott City, Maryland. You can subscribe to the podcast and access the archive of over 600 episodes at matthewcwinner.com. Our theme music is by Poddington Bear, care of the free music archive. All views and opinions expressed on the show are those of the individuals and don't reflect the ideas or viewpoints of the publishers of the books referenced. Want to help out the show? Become a patron and you can directly impact and help to sustain the podcast. Writing a review on iTunes or sharing the podcast with friends through Facebook, Twitter, word of mouth, or any other means helps reach more listeners, which leads to more content and more amazing guests. And that is a very good thing indeed. We know you value what you put in front of your kids, especially when it comes to screens and podcasts. That's why we're excited to share a new podcast from our friends at Sleepiest, creating bedtime stories to help your kids fall asleep fast. Hello, Abby here. If you've got children and find bedtimes a struggle, I'd like to tell you about Coco Sleep, a children's story podcast designed to make bedtime a dream. 
Coco Sleep turns a chaotic bedtime into cosy bonding time. The stories are delivered in a pace that gently slows. Rumour has it that no one's ever heard an ending. So search Coco Sleep on your favourite podcast app and let's make bedtime a dream. That's K-O-K-O Sleep and I'll see you there.